For today's message, our focus is on the concept of spiritual parenting. And specifically, I want to have a look at the relationship between Paul and Timothy and to be able to see what we can learn, for, uh, learn from them. And it's a helpful thing for us to focus on Father's Day uh, because obviously for those of us who are dads, we can apply these principles immediately. But it's also a great reminder that as we've been saying throughout this service, that it's not just about those who have kids. We recognise that today can be a really, really hard day for those of us who are missing our dads or missing people who've been a father figure in our lives or those of us who would love to have had kids but haven't had the opportunity. And so these principles that we're talking about today are a great reminder that whether we have our biological dads around or not, we have father figures in our lives who've done this for us. But even more than that, regardless of whether we're male, female, whether we have kids or not, all of us have the opportunity to play this role of being spiritual parents as we reflect God's father's heart to all of those around us. So we want to start by recognising that Paul took this responsibility of being a spiritual parent very, very seriously. And not just with a couple of people, not just one or two people that he felt like he would invest his life in. Everywhere he went, where there were people who had gathered together in churches, people who had decided they wanted to follow Jesus together, he felt a healthy responsibility to be a spiritual parent to them. And we recognise that Paul was, for most of his missionary career, a single man. There are different schools of thought about whether Paul was single for his whole life or not. There's a significant chunk of people who believe that Paul was married and that his wife had actually passed away fairly early on in his life. And so Paul was a widower. Um, But there are others who believe that Paul was single for all of his life. Either way, there is general agreement that Paul did not have any kids. And so in our reading today, we read Paul saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, as he writes to the church in Corinth, in verse 14, I write this to you, and he's been talking about how much of a challenge it is to follow Jesus. He's been sharing some of their experiences as they've been persecuted and uh, as they've had a whole bunch of people um, just challenging them in fairly significant ways and trying not to respond in negative ways. So Paul's been outlining all of that. And he says, I write this to you, not because I want to make you feel ashamed, but to instruct you as my own dear children. And so Paul sees all of these people who are a part of the church in Corinth as his spiritual kids. All the people that he's had the privilege of being able to come alongside of and help them to discover Jesus. He says, I see you as my own dear children. Then he says in verse 16, for even if you have 10,000 guardians in your Christian life, You have only one father. And other translations uh, translate that word guardians as instructors or as teachers. And so it's that idea of people who are there and who are kind of giving some advice and stuff, maybe even providing a little bit for you, but that that's very different to the role that a father should play in terms of investing in you and helping you to grow. And so Paul says, even though you might have all these people who've taught you some stuff, and even though you might have some people who've kind of come alongside of you, I'm here to invest in you in a deep way as your spiritual parent. And then he continues on and he says, For in your life in union with Christ Jesus, I have become your father by bringing the good news to you. So I beg you then to follow my example. For this purpose, I'm sending to you Timothy, who is my own dear and faithful son in the Christian life. He will remind you of the principles which I follow in the new life in union with Christ Jesus and which I teach 
in all the churches everywhere. And so we see that Paul had this very special and significant relationship with this young man whose name was Timothy. And Timothy was one of the young leaders in uh, the early church, someone who Paul really saw a lot of potential in. And so he came alongside of him. He took him on a number of his mission trips with him and really spent a lot of time helping him understand what it looks like to follow Jesus. Interestingly, Timothy's dad was a Greek Gentile, which means that he wasn't from a Jewish background and he wasn't someone who was following Jesus at all. And Paul actually writes in a couple of places about the spiritual heritage that Timothy receives from his mum and from his grandma. So again, a great reminder that it's not just about us as males, but about those who play that role of spiritually investing in us. And so today we want to look at some of the key principles that Paul passed on to Timothy. He wrote these two amazing letters to Timothy called First and Second Timothy that are chock full of advice as Paul came alongside of Timothy and tried to invest in him as his spiritual parent. So the first thing that we can recognise is that as spiritual parents, above everything else, our focus is to reflect the Father heart of God. As spiritual parents, that's where everything starts, is with us reflecting what God is like. And as I said earlier in our family segment, sometimes we can get this around the wrong way a little bit. But we want to recognise that when we're at our best as dads, or when our dads or father figures are at their very best, they're reflecting what God is like 100% of the time. And unfortunately, lots of people do have bad experiences with their dads, bad relationships with their dads, and then all of that gets projected onto God to say, well, God is like my dad in that he's just not around or he's disinterested or he gets angry all the time or he lashes out. It's a whole bunch of things that we can easily project onto God because that's what our dads have been like. But in actual fact, the reflection is the other way around. When our dads, our father figures get it right, that's what God is like all of the time. And so as spiritual parents, that's our goal, is to reflect what our Heavenly Father is like 100% of the time, as often as possible, to catch the heart of God, to understand what God is passionate about, what God is like, and what God wants us to then focus on as we invest in our spiritual kids. Paul puts it this way when he's writing to the Corinthians. He says, imitate me just as I imitate Jesus. We understand that Jesus is the one who shows us fully what God is like. And so we follow Jesus as we catch the heart of God. And so Paul says, follow me because I'm just following Jesus. I just want to reflect Jesus to you. And so now you go and reflect Jesus to other people. And so as we do that, all of us have the opportunity to be spiritual parents. As we've seen, Paul then encourages Timothy to play that role as well. It's interesting that Paul says to the Corinthians, I am your spiritual parent. I've come alongside of you. I've helped you to discover Jesus. So in order for you to continue following Jesus, I'm going to send Timothy to you to continue that journey. So Paul has this understanding that he's been investing in Timothy, but he invests in Timothy enough that Timothy can then take on this role of being spiritual parent to the Corinthians. And so we take the Father heart of God, we invest in others with the end goal of them then investing in other people too. So we start by looking at our relationship with God and saying, how do I spend time with my Heavenly Father? 
How do I understand what he's passionate about, what he's focused on, and then how do I take that and pass it on to those around me? But what does that look like specifically? Well, there's a lot of things that we could talk about, but today I want to focus on three specific areas of what it means to reflect God's Father heart. So I want to start by saying spiritual parents reflect God's Father's heart by showing us how to live. God's Father heart for us is for us to live the lives that he created us to live, to get the most out of life, to understand what it looks like, to embrace the way that he's created us. And so spiritual parents then take that wisdom that they're learning from God and pass it on to those around us. Spiritual parents have the role and the responsibility of teaching values and practices that help to set us up to thrive and to endure and to get the most out of life. And Paul spends a lot of time talking about this stuff with Timothy. And so we're going to skip through a whole bunch of things that Paul says here in his letters to Timothy. He says in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but be an example for the believers in your speech, your conduct, your love, your faith, and your purity. So Paul says, as you live your life, think about what you're saying. Think about how you're acting. Think about how you love people. Think about how you trust Jesus. All of those are key elements about what it looks like for us to live the lives God wants us to live. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22, Paul says to Timothy, Take no part in the sins of others, but keep yourself pure. He says, don't allow yourself to get wrapped up in the selfishness of other people. Don't allow yourself to get distracted and dragged down by stuff that isn't healthy. But instead, keep yourself pure. Keep yourself focused on the right things, the things that you know are on God's heart. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 11 and 12, he says, But you, man of God, avoid all of these things. And Paul's just been talking about the love of money and possessions. So he says, avoid that stuff and instead strive for righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. So righteousness is having a right relationship with God and living out of what it means for us to have a healthy relationship with our Heavenly Father. Godliness Again, living the way that God wants us to live. Faith and trust in Jesus. Love, endurance, keeping on going. Gentleness. And then he says, run your best in the race of faith. Don't take your faith just kind of half-heartedly, but throw yourself fully into it. Give it your very best. Then in his second letter to Timothy, in chapter 1, verse 7, he says, for the spirit that God has given us doesn't make us timid. Instead, his spirit fills us with power with love and with self-control. So Paul says to Timothy, be confident in who you are. Be confident in the person that God made you to be. And so focus on God's power that allows you to love everyone and to exercise self-control in your life. A little bit further on in chapter 2, he says, keep away from profane and foolish discussions which only drive people further away from God. And then a couple of verses later, he says, Avoid the passions of youth and strive for righteousness, faith, love and peace, together with those who with a pure heart call out to the Lord for help. But again, keep away from foolish and ignorant arguments because you know that they end up in quarrels. And so Paul says, focus on the right things. Don't get dragged into conversations that you know are just going to cause disunity and drag people away from God's best. Focus on the stuff that leads to unity, that leads to love, that leads to peace. 
And so all of those things that Paul is saying to Timothy come straight from God's Father's heart. They're the things that Paul has learned about how to live a healthy life God's way. And he then wants to pass that on to Timothy so that Timothy can live those things out and then ultimately pass them on as well. And so reflecting God's Father's heart starts with us showing people how to live, what that looks like, how to make good choices, how to live at peace with people and how to focus on the most important things. Reflecting God's Father's heart, parents also then have the opportunity to show people how to learn. God wants us to be people who embrace the reality that our whole lives are this big journey where we continue to keep growing and keep transforming into the people that, created, that he created us to be. He knows that all of us, that's our whole lives, just constantly learning more, growing more, discovering more. We never get to a point where we have it all figured out. And so all of us need to continue to adopt that posture of learning. So Paul puts it this way in a couple of places for Timothy. He says in 1 Timothy 4 verse 8, Physical exercise has some value, but spiritual exercise is valuable in every way because it promises life both for the present and for the future. So... Paul says to Timothy, you know that looking after yourself is really, really good for you, and so you need to understand how to eat healthy, how to exercise well, how to do all of those things. Well, that's valuable, but spiritual exercise is much, much more important. So apply yourself in the same way. Understand what it looks like to keep growing in developing your spiritual muscles. That's why we spent the last month talking about the things that we have, talking about these key practices that help us to grow in our relationship with God. Then in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5-7, to 7, Paul says, An athlete who runs in a race cannot win the prize unless he obeys the rules. The farmer who's done the hard work should have the first share of the harvest. Think about what I'm saying, because the Lord will enable you to understand it all. So Paul says, look around you and learn. You've seen athletes competing in races. What can you learn about that and apply that to your spiritual life? You've seen how farmers work really, really hard and then they get to reap the rewards from that. What can you learn from that? Think about the stuff that I've said to you because you'll be able to continue to grow in understanding. So Paul says to Timothy, be a lifelong learner. Always have that posture of saying, what can I learn from this situation, from what I'm going through right now, from what's happening around me. So spiritual parents reflect God's heart by showing us how to live, showing us how to learn, and then thirdly, by showing us how to lead. Now this one might be a little bit scary for some of us because we don't like having that label of leader applied to us. I'm not a leader. I don't want that sort of responsibility. But when we talk about leadership, we're really just talking about having an influence, being someone who makes a difference in this world, which is something all of us are called to do. God creates each one of us with gifts and passions and an ability to make a difference in the circles in which we live. And so he wants us to be people who use all those things that he's given us. And spiritual parents have the responsibility of reflecting God's heart in that and saying, how can I invest in others to help them understand what it looks like to have an influence? In 1 Timothy chapter 3, from verses 1 to 13, Paul goes through a whole big list of all of the things that are required in order to be someone who's in a position of influence within the church. He talks about things like being above reproach, being self-controlled, being respectable, being under control, being gentle, again, not being quarrelsome. 
And so Paul says, if you want to be someone who's a person of influence, then you need to learn and embrace these principles in your life. You need to learn how to control yourself, how to focus on what's important, how to live a life of integrity, how to not get involved in stuff that ultimately isn't going to make a difference and ultimately is a big waste of time. He then says a little bit later on in 1 Timothy 4 verse 12, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, this verse that we looked at earlier, but be an example for the believers in your speech, your conduct, your love, your faith and your purity. And so Paul says it doesn't matter about your age, it doesn't matter about your experience, none of those things should get in the way of you being able to make a difference. It's about you setting an example in the way that you talk, in the way that you act, in the way that you love in the way that you show the motives that you've got. And then Paul says in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, pass on what's been passed on to you. We can't take people where we haven't been ourselves. So we want to continue to learn, but also continue to put ourselves in positions where we have an opportunity to influence others and then to say, come and join me as I do this. We can't kind of point to people and say, well, you should go and do that. I've never done it, but you should go over there and try that. We want to take people on the journey as we continue to grow and have an influence ourselves. So spiritual parents have this opportunity to reflect God's Father's heart by showing people what it looks like to live the way that God created us to live, what it looks like to adopt a posture of constantly learning and what it looks like to have an impact on the world around us. And there's a number of other principles that we could pull out, but I hope that those are enough for us today to be able to say wherever we're at in our journey, there's something that I can take away and think about what it looks like to play that role of spiritual parent to others. For those of us who are dads here today, we've got the opportunity to take these things and say, what does it look like in my relationship with my kids to help them understand what it looks like, to understand what, how to live, how to learn, and how to lead, how to have an influence. But for every one of us, we've got people around us that we can adopt these mindsets and pass them on to as well. And specifically, I want to name that there are lots of people around us who are craving people who would do this for them. There are so many people in our community around us who are searching for meaning, who are searching for purpose, who just don't understand what life is about. And to have someone who's willing to come alongside of them and to reflect God's Father's heart to them, to be able to say, here are some good things for us to talk about. What do you understand is most important about life and how to live a healthy life? What are you learning? What are the opportunities you've got to make a difference in your world? Those are significant conversations that we can have with people. In particular, people who have never had a great relationship with their dad, they may be craving this even more. But we also want to recognise that in the community around us, just in the suburb of Brooklyn Park, 15% of the families are single parent families. Don't let that pass you by. 15% of all of the families in the suburb around us are single parent families, which is a really, really hard role to have, to be investing in your kids, to be responsible for going to work, to be responsible to look after the kids, looking after all of that on your own. So again, we've got this awesome opportunity as spiritual family to come alongside of single parents and to say, how can we invest in you as you invest in your kids? And then for the kids of those single parents. Some of them are really desperately craving someone to come along to walk alongside of them in these areas. So we as a church have all of these opportunities. 
So as we step into this week, it's one of the things for us to process. Who are the people that we can look at investing in? But we also want to recognise that all of us need that in our lives too. All of us need people, regardless of where we're at in our journey, who are challenging us about what it looks like to live and to learn and to lead the way that God wants us to. And so that's why it's great for us to be a part of a spiritual family like this, where it's not just about all of us looking for opportunities to give out, but also being able to say, how can we come alongside of each other and pour in? How can I have someone who's asking me these questions and working on this stuff in my life? So as we wrap up today, a couple of questions to reflect on as we head into this week. First question is this, what does it look like for me to be a spiritual parent? Are there people that come to mind that as we've been talking this morning, I instantly think of? And there might be people who are a part of your family, and whether that's kids or whether that's nieces and nephews or grandkids, could be anyone around who's a part of your family. It could be people who are friends, could be people who are neighbours, could be people who are part of our church family here. Who are the people who I can see myself in that role of spiritual parent being able to come alongside of them? And then secondly, who are the spiritual parents in my life? Is there someone that I've got as a go-to that I can ask questions about life to be able to say, I'm struggling a bit with this priority, I'm struggling a bit with this habit in my life, I'm struggling a bit in this area, can you just give me some advice? Can you give me some wisdom? Can you help me along the journey in that? Are there specific things that we want to be learning that we can ask people to be investing in? Are there people who can walk with us and give give us some clarity about what it looks like to be people who make an impact around us? Those people don't have to be people who have all of the answers. A lot of the times it's just about having the conversations and having the right questions asked that then lead us to where we need to get to. So as we wrap up today... We've been focusing a lot on this amazing God who is our Heavenly Father. And so I want to end by taking an opportunity to be able to thank God that he plays all of these roles for us, that he is passionate about helping us to get the very most out of life, that he is passionate about us continuing to learn and grow, and he is passionate about us having an influence. But I'm also going to pray that as we continue to receive from God, we then look for opportunities to reflect that out to the people that we have the privilege of serving as spiritual parents in our lives. So let's pray. God, we thank you that you are our Heavenly Father, that you are our Papa, that you are our Dada. We thank you that you love us in a way that we can never really plumb the depths of. And we thank you that you want us to get the most out of life, that you create within us the ability to live life the way that you designed us to live, and that you have given us so much wisdom through Scripture about what things help us to live healthy spiritual lives. So we pray that you would continue to remind us of those things. You would continue to challenge us about those areas where we're not living the way that you created us to live and where we're missing out on the opportunity to get the most out of life. We thank you that you want us to be people who learn all the way through our lives, that it's not about us getting ourselves together enough, it's not about us getting to a point where we graduate, but for every single one of us, there's more that we can learn, more that we can grow in. And we thank you that you want us to be people who can make a difference in this world, people who can have an impact on those around us. 
So we thank you that you throw all of those things into our lives and that there are so many different ways that you speak that stuff into our lives that we can cultivate our relationship with you and understand them in deeper ways. We thank you that it's not just about us, that you then give us the privilege of being able to walk alongside of others and to take those principles and to help others to discover them too. And so as we head into this week, we pray that you would continue to inspire us, but that that inspiration would then continue to challenge us about what it looks like to look around, to see those people who we can invest in. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.